Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lepondra looking to get caught side of Fon. Lepondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Empire Rules podcast, sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Here we are once again, third podcast hosted by me, Alex, in the last 10 days, and all three of them have been losses. Uh, so apologize in advance for the loss. Yeah, well, in advance, apologize for the loss yesterday, and you'll be pleased to know I've already relinquished my hosting duties for the weekend. Um, Paul, not hosting today, but you've decided to hop on and uh, give us your thoughts about Millwall last night. Yeah, and uh, Alex, it's all your fault. You know it. Everybody knows that he's listening to this. And uh, I think we should all redirect our comments to Reading Fan Man at uh, Twitter just to let him know that he's let down Reading, he's let down Berkshire, and he's let himself down. But yeah. apart from that, I'm looking forward to it. Super. I'm greatly looking forward to the feedback I will receive. And yeah, alongside us, Matt Lansley. How are you? I'm starting it. I'm starting it with Everson out. Just, I uh, just, just, just get us, get us back to a winning host, please, because it's just, yeah, Everson out, just done. Hundred percent. Just get, get the, the hashtag working. There. Fantastic. <laughs> well, with that, let's enjoy the podcast. That will be. It's going to make for a good, uh, good next half an hour. And on to the actual action from yesterday. The lineup yesterday, Paul. Uh, no Pavlovic. COVID positive and he is in isolation. No Yeardom. He is maybe COVID positive. I'm not sure. He's isolating because of COVID. Uh, and no Danny Drinkwater as well, who was out with a soft tissue injury. Good lineup. Are you pleased with the change of formation yesterday? I was pleased with the change of formation. Uh, I was pleased with Ashcroft. He came in for his debut there. I thought he did particularly well. He really got very, very, very limited choice, as we all know, as Reading fans. I don't think there's really many other options he could make. Um, when I saw that Drinkwater's got a soft tissue injury afterwards, I thought alarm bells are going off in my head, especially when he says, I don't think it will be out for a long time. We've been here before with Panovich, and all of a sudden you don't even know they're at the club in six months' time. You, they just suddenly pop back up, don't they, Alex? Yeah, I mean, apparently Felipe Arena is a Reading player. Oh, wow. None of us I, I don't know. I mean, apparently it's he a rumor, is, isn't it? I mean, he, he good luck to him. In. I mean, he's been out for a long time. But it is a bit weird when you see players arriving, you think, I honestly forgot he was a Reading player. I just totally slipped my mind. 
the other player Matt to come back in was Tom Holmes, who played at the he played on the right hand side of the three, right. I think, from memory. Right centre back, yes, yeah, he yeah. was next to Ashcroft. Um, which, yeah, like to to be honest, I think when you when you when you saw them lining up and you saw Holmes next to Ashcroft, you probably would have wanted more or Dan that side next to Ashcroft being an inexperienced player on the right. But I know the players like to play certain sides and you have left centre backs, right centre backs now. It's not as chop and changeable as you as you used to. But yeah, it was it was good to see good to see Holmes back off the injury list. It's one of a ridiculously long list. Um no doubt he was replaced by by drink water though, like who who found his way now onto the list. So the the old switcheroo happened between those two that Reading players seem to love to do with the injury list. So um but yeah it was it was good to see good to see Holmes back anyway and uh, back back playing and off the injury list. Yeah, I think it's a like a ticket system with the injury list, one in, one out. So, um, yeah, Drinkwater is is injured, hopefully back on Saturday, uh, according to Jonathan Lowe, after the game. Uh, Paul, just in terms of the formation a little bit more, we moved to three central midfielders with Ajaria and Dali Bashiru not really playing anywhere near as wide and Baba and Ashcroft kind of providing all of the width. Uh, what did you think of the the kind of the difference in style yesterday i enjoyed it apart from the first 15 minutes of the first half first 15 minutes you really suffered and we had to adjust to it but i think in the last half an hour after half it really benefited us because it allowed us to push up further up the pitch we dominated the midfield unfortunately we didn't create any chances and if you don't create chances you've got to think has the system really worked it looked aesthetically nicer i think alex but i'm not sure if it really kind of made any real end impact and it's so hard to keep going through this and ultimately say what else is he going to do because he has to fiddle with the pack but he can't make any real game-changing changes can he um because who does he bring on he's got nobody so i don't know i think he made the best of what we've got and we'll go on to talk about what happened later but yeah it's just a pattern that we're seeing yeah, and I mean, as you said about the first 15 minutes, we did get a little bit run over, really, for the first 15 minutes. And the early early chance came from Millwall, Matt, just as we arrived into the ground. And Southwood produced a really good stop from a, from a Jed Wallace free kick, who is a bit of a master of free kicks normally. Yeah, I mean, like when you saw 25 yards out, Jed Wallace on a free kick, you, you kind of hoping um and to be honest i think southwood for for a small goalkeeper he gets across the line so well on chance it's, it's not his first time that we've seen him produce saves like that um but i mean he he really just kept kept strong and kind of just 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 kept kept them at bay for the first 15 minutes which was just what was needed seemingly um you know because they did come out fast they did come out um with, with a few chances it wasn't just a free kick um but um and one one thing that we did see from Southwood yesterday, especially Matt, I think, was the improvement in his crossing claiming. He, he yes. didn't appear to drop in a hinky. He claimed a lot of balls from the air, just plucked them straight out and, and didn't really have any issues with that yesterday. Yeah, and it was something Millwall were trying to do quite a lot, seemingly. They were playing it wide. And, I mean, the, fact, the Millwall fans were getting pretty 
verbally frustrated, you know, with, 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 with the amount they seem to be playing it wide at times, you know, playing it wide, crossing in straight into Southwood Towns. And he was claiming very, very well, um, you know, um, his distribution as well, I thought was a lot better yesterday, which at times so far this season, again, often be kicking out often because the players he's kicking to, because, you know, we've not really got many of our aerial threats really on the pitch with, with Zhao, Mate and the like out injured. But he he was playing some very nice nice balls into the midfield through through the lines and that. Um, so it was just a, probably his most I'd, I'd almost say almost his most complete performance I'd say yesterday, um, especially in that first half. He he, he didn't really put a foot wrong um, at all really. There was that time I think when he saved the one on one when he hobbled away straight away held held his leg and I think everyone when he went down was there, or I was certainly thinking please no please 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 <laughs> don't be injured but um but I, I think you said at the time it's more of an impact I think when he just say saved the ball on a cold cold night probably got a bit of a bit of a red stinger on his leg I think he looked just like a championship goalie yesterday yeah I, I don't think he would stand out as anything else but that I think he's really improving game on game he's going to make a mistake at some point it's inevitable yeah. all goalies do but he looks so assured now. So if you think back to performance of the end of last season against Huddersfield, he doesn't look like the same goalie, does he, Alex? Chalk and cheese. It's so different. And like you say, he's just developing so well and so nicely. It, it's really good to see. And, you know, just long met, continue. Everyone loves an academy player in the team. Just, yeah, from from him, just hats off to him and just, just continue what, what he's doing. And, and yeah. And I mean, after that first 15 minutes, Southwood wasn't really involved after that for the rest of the half because Reading put in a performance, which in all honesty, Paul, it was very reminiscent of what we saw on Saturday night against Bournemouth. We moved forwards a lot with the ball. Maybe we created a few less chances, but the ball was in and around the Millwall penalty box an awful lot in that first half. And we did dominate. But as you said earlier in the podcast, we didn't really actually ever create a chance until near the end of the half. Yeah, I mean, we obviously came close to having that chance with Puskas, uh, the offside goal, that he did take very well, I've got to say. And I don't think the goalie was uh, knowing that it was offside at that point. It wasn't one of those ones when you think, oh, he wasn't actually trying. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, lovely through ball, I think from Ajaria, possibly. Uh, puts him through, takes it nicely. And I've got to say about Puskas, that's the best 45 minutes I've seen from him at Reading as a complete link player we can talk about goals because i know he's had more impact on the goals front through other games i know he has taken a lot of stick but as a championship striker just like i've been saying about southwood having looking like a championship goalie you look at puskas last night and he looked like a player you'd want having your team every week he was linking it it was some really nice touches in different areas of the pitch. And it wasn't all just simple one-touch play. He was holding it, intricate passing, playing it through to Swift. Everything was there. He had more options because of the formation to pass backwards most of the time, obviously. But that's fine. That's a striker's job a lot of the time. But I think he deserves a bit of credit for that. Um, He did fade a little bit in the second half. But I don't think it's so hard to judge Puskas because he had the chances on Saturday and he did miss them. But he's had nothing last night, nothing to miss. So if you don't give a striker anything at all, I don't know, it's hard with him. Is he the problem while we aren't creating anything, Alex? Or is it because he isn't getting the service? I don't know which one comes first. It's it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Mm. Can you can you create if the striker isn't 
you know, if the yeah. striker isn't playing well and if the striker is playing well, but you don't create, then it, it, it's going to be a bit of both, I think. Um, but I mean, as you said, I I think yesterday was Puskas. is probably his best 45 minutes of football in the first half. Yes, he didn't really get a chance, but we had an awful lot of opportunities. There was a Mill put an awful lot of blocks in Matt as well in the area. Yeah, yeah, no, they did. And just going back to that offside goal, one thing that's one thing's really bugged me at the moment with the championship. The championship are the, with with offsides and that that lead to lead to goals. They're not blowing up, and I just think in the championship, why are they not blowing up when an offside is given? Because it's it's rather redundant in the championship because there's no VAR, and it was really annoying with that Puskas one because again, the ref didn't blow up until the ball went in the net. Why? They just wish they had VAR. That's what it is. It's their <laughs> dream, isn't it? They just sit there watching it on Sky at the weekend. All the refs and the uh, linos, and they're like, "Oh, I wish we had this." And then they get into the game mode, and like, "Oh no, we haven't got it." Oh, this is so disappointing. <laughs> it really bugged me. It just really, really bugged me on the night because I, I was, I was like, "What is the point? Why are you doing this?" <laughs> I've clocked that in at 12 minutes and two seconds. The first EPR mention of the officials being bad. Good. We've done well. We have done very, Um, very well. Yeah. (laughs) As we did come up to the end of the half, we did have one half chance, Paul. Um, From a player that I personally was really pretty unimpressed by, especially in the second half yesterday, uh, which we'll come on to a little bit more. Um, Ovia Jaria had a half chance, which was... One of those ones where it could it could go in and it could change the game, but it's a difficult difficult shot. Yeah, it was difficult. It's not one of those ones that you're gonna. Oh, I don't know how many times you get that one in in there out of ten, probably two out of ten at best. It's a pretty tough one, isn't it? I mean, it's not a simple chance at all. If you're living in a dream world, somebody gets on the end of that uh, an attacker, but I don't think anyone is, as we were talking about this before. With uh, Matt, they probably would have been offside. But if you're really, really lucky, it goes in off a defender. But we're definitely not going to have any luck at the moment. We're Reading FC. We're completely out of luck. Um, Yeah, I just thought of a metaphor there, which I'm not going to use. But I think that it's desperate times when that's your best chance of the match, isn't it, Alex? I mean, it really wasn't that great in the first half. We did have a better one later on, actually. Yeah, and I mean, the ball was cut across, Matt, from, what, 13 or 14 yards. And really, the only other player who was even close to the ball was was George Puskas. And even even he had two Millwall players around him. And the chance was a a tough one for Ajaria to take, I think. But as Paul said, if that's your best chance of the half, and we've, we've all just said it, that we felt like we played quite well and we just didn't create. But if that's the best chance you've created, have you actually played that well? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's certainly it's certainly a, a point for debate, really. I think with with anyone because if if you're playing well, you're going to be creating the chances, you're going to be scoring. People will argue, well, there was lots of block crosses, there was this, there was that. We were on top, we were controlling the game, but you're not creating the chances. And with this Reading team at the moment, we know what's happening in the second half, and it's not a failure of of the manager of the training it's the fatigue the fatigue of what's going on at the moment with the same 11 playing 90 minutes constantly that's going to have an effect other teams can change and if you don't take advantage of those moments like in the first half where you might not be 
um, you might not be creating chances, but you're on top. You're controlling the game. You've got to, in our situation, you've got to take advantage of that. You've got to make the chance and you've got to score because you almost need that buffer right now with, with, with the situation the way it is because we know what's going to happen in the second half. And I almost get to a point where I think teams playing against us might almost camp, camp in for the first 45 minutes. Don't concede because then you're probably going to have chances in the second half just because of fatigue and everything. You know, I know the F word we're saying so much right now, but it's the state of play. It's what's happening. And it's quite evident. We saw it first saw it against Blackpool. And it's now, you know, happened against Blackburn, Bournemouth and against Millwall last night. You know, that's not a coincidence, you know, that it's that it's happening. And yeah, you know, we might be people might be think, thinking we're playing well, but you've got to create those chances and you've got to score. You know, you've got to be ruthless when 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 you're in a position like us at the moment. So one player who back in the day definitely was ruthless when chances fell to him was Nicky Forster. Paul, I know that's a very random mention of Nicky Forster before you look too confused, but I'm going to Scored explain it. Scored a fantastic it. goal at uh, Millwall as well. There you go. Would have been perfect for last night, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and on that subject, if you could, Paul, if you could just have two ex-Reading players in this side right now, we put it out on Twitter earlier, got some interesting responses. If you could have two players, though, Paul, who would you pick? Oh, I'd go for Nicky Shorey. And Kevin Dole. Kevin Dole, obviously the striker. He's got a little bit of pace about him. Scores goals. Great at linking the play. Good area. Just good everywhere, basically, for us, wasn't he, with the 106 team? There's nothing really you could knock about Kevin Dole. Then you get Nicky Shorey in at left back. Nice kind of slant on uh, kind of uh, left back at the moment. But I think Nicky Shorey at his peak was considerably better, I've got to say. You've also got the set pieces with Shorey. The delivery was so consistently good and he can go so in the game. He can set up goals repeatedly. Everyone can remember that 6-0 against West Ham when I think he set up all five goals, I think five goals and maybe one from someone else. And you just think oh, you'd love to have that player in your team. And he just had that determination and drive that you love at Reading because he was a young player. And I do see some of the players now and some of them sometimes are a little bit too comfortable. We'll come here online, all these different players over the years, not ones just now. And you think, really, are you that bothered about Reading? I, I don't think some of them are. And I think I'd love his passion because he was one of the major, major players in the 106 team. So they would be my two picks. Yeah, sure. He didn't let himself lose, did he? He just didn't want to be a loser, uh, which I think is that was he just determined to win every match. And that is something that you can argue maybe is missing slightly. And that would probably be one of the personality traits of my second choice, Steve Sidwell, because I think if you put him in this central midfield, mm. we'd look fantastic uh, at the minute because he's he's a link player between defence and attack. Uh, which I mean, he was I a think, great player as well. And he was a really good <laughs> player, wasn't he? He was yeah. fantastic. Quite good, well, yeah. He wasn't bad, was he? So, <laughs> I mean, I think Paul's, Paul's probably covered off, you know, left back, Matt. So I'm not going to let you pick another left back because Ian Hart is definitely still out there. But if you you can bring back two players as well, they don't all get to play in the same team here, but you can bring back two players Throw, throw them out. 
we're we're talking about right now, aren't we? Into this Reading team as it is. Into this Reading team, into last yeah. night's Reading team. Um, because actually, I, I, on the topic, I, I would have thought Ian Hart, Nicky Shorey, you could have picked either of those two to be fair in Paul Strauss. Oh, hang on, hang um, on, hang on. I've got to go on <laughs> this now. I've got to start on this. You can't just drop that in there. I love Ian Hart. He was brilliant. Set pieces though. Shorey there wasn't any better. for England whilst he was at Reading. Just True. absorb these facts while yeah. he was at Reading. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's just incredible. And he did it in the Premier League. Ian Hart was brilliant. His, fight, mm. his free kicks, when it comes to set pieces, Ian Hart was better than Nicky Shorey. That's definitely true. But, oh, I can't. I, I, it, it, well, yeah, it just gets to me. It just gets to me. <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 put it, I'll put it out there. Nicky Shorey, if you're listening, because yeah. I know you will be. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Both of them were um, great in a different way. <laughs> I just like being slightly antagonistic. <laughs> um, for this current team right now, I think though, Adam Lafondra, purely so we can have someone on the bench and come on, because we we just need someone right now. I know it's injury related, and that's why I just wanted to make sure if it's right now today, who do I put in? I'd be picking Lafondra just so we can have someone who's good off the bench because I, I, I mean, it will always go back to that age old debate. Should Lafondra start? Should he not? But no, I'd, I'd, I'd be bringing Lafondra in just to have that option. Um, you wouldn't start then, him ahead of a striker that hasn't scored in 20 games. No, no, because I want him off the bench. I'm going to be one of those that says that he is a bench player. Sorry again, Adam Lafondra, if you're listening, because I know you will be, and I know you said it in the in the in the podcast that Paul you did with him that he never likes being a bit being a bench person and being referred to that. But you were so bloody good at it. <laughs> to be fair, Brian McDermott did agree with you and Jimmy Kebe. So you yep. got two big people backing you up there. Now. <laughs> it's three on one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> um, and you've just name dropped Paul, the second person I'd have, and that would be just Jimmy Kebe. Sorry for being quite a young person here and picking picking two recent or relatively recent, but I know they're not that recent, but in relatively speaking, Jimmy Kebe just have a fast winger, tricky winger, did what he needed to do, was bloody good at it in his prime. Um, great spell with us, but again, yeah, having him bombing down the right, I mean, oh, what 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 would we do for that right now? You know, having a fast, pacey winger. Um, you know, because the last one arguably we had was Barrow. I know you can say that Mate can play out wide, but I mean, I'd die for those two players in this team right now just to have that ability to stretch to stretch the other team, keep it going, and have Lafondra on the bench to come on and get the winner against Millwall like he did. Um, I think it was in our promotion season, wasn't it? Again, yeah, I just yeah, just. That'd be my two picks. Those those are both those are both very good picks. Kebe is an extremely popular pick um, in our replies today, as is Joby McEnough and Dave Kitson. Probably both very very obvious ones. I think uh, I was Shane close Long. to St. Kitson. I was close to St. Kitson just because yeah. of having a striker. But it, all of these you could probably pick. To be fair, Shane no Long got answers. a couple of mentions. Um, Jimmy Quinn got a few mentions. Would definitely be a definitely be a good option. I think. Mm. Um, but the best reply, Rob, as you are definitely definitely out there, Lucas Zhao and Yaku Mate. <laughs> yeah. Great answer. I'm very impressed yeah. with that. 
Um, because <laughs> I like the way that they put them been... into the past straight away. They've left. They're not <laughs> even here. They've gone. <laughs> those two, uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So I'd, I'd like some of the ones that more random one comes up that they came up. Sorry, they were a bit older from my kind of era. Elm Park, like Billy Whitehurst and Phil Parkinson. But one, there was a that, couple of Michael Jilks answers. Yeah, as well. Michael Jilks. I'm just about to yeah. say him because. Wow, he was so quick. I still think I'd love to see them both at their peak. You'll never be able to see it of Jilks against Kebe for the fastest because Jilks was so fast. I mean, I I don't know whether it was because I was 10 or 11 years old, but he felt like you could never catch that man. He was just, you could just run through. He was so fast. He like burned <laughs> the earth. It was like Elder Park was on fire when he ran. It was just I, incredible. I reckon, I reckon you get him, you, you get him down at, uh, uh, Bearwood now. I reckon he's probably still got the burners, Paul. Oh, that's what I'd love to do. Take on uh, Michael Jilks in a race. I'd still lose. That'll be the topic for the weekend. What what one uh, what one sporting activity would you like to do against the next Reading player? Get yeah, your let's ideas keep into it clean, us. though. Let's keep it clean. Sporting <laughs> activity before, yeah. And um, not, not let's, let's move yeah. back to the, uh, to the actual action from yesterday instead of this... Uh, instead of this foot race that Paul is setting himself up for. <laughs> um, second half, Matt, was not great. Let's put it that way. Um, the game pretty much changed because Millwall came out and played in a different style to the first half. Uh, they hit the post very early on from a mishit cross. Ashcroft, who we mentioned had a reasonable game, I think, for a debut, could have given away a penalty straight after it hit the post. Um, but all of that really was coming around because Millwall had changed style. Yeah. Yeah. And they made two subs at half time. Like we've talked about it, about the subs, you know, the ability to use use a bench, you know, and like um I can't remember the, their number six. Um was it Keefton Belt, I think, in the middle. Um I think he got a yellow card in the first half, able to bring him off. Matt Smith in the first half up front, very ineffective first half, able to bring him off. And, you know, they bring on bring on Bennett. You know, it's like, it's the ability to make those changes that is winning teams games against Reading right now. You saw it even against, in the Bournemouth game, Jamal Lowe coming on three minutes later scoring. Yes, the team have got to find a way to deal with this because it's not a situation that's going to change anytime soon, unfortunately, with the injuries that we've got, you know, but it all came about, like you say, with, with the change, with the change of system. This, and I mean, they came out pressing a lot higher as well, you know, but at, at half time, I was kind of thinking like, again, have we missed our chance to, to try and get something out of this game in the first half when we didn't take that 20, 30 minute spell that we had. Um, and unfortunately that, that came through. And it didn't take that long, Paul, for kind of the inevitable to happen. And I think a lot of Reading fans were probably not that surprised when we went one nil down and the goal itself. I mean, the defending is a, is not great here. Um, comes 20 minutes to go in the game uh, it looks like we've just been caught out with trying to defend in a free but defending almost like we're playing as a back four if that makes sense yeah so, I mean, talk, I us, think talk, us through the, talk us through the only goal of the game yeah yeah 
it really hasn't helped because Liam Moore stepped into midfield. But you look behind him when there's a freeze frame that somebody's put up today on Twitter, and we've still got seven or eight players behind the ball. So you think, okay, that's still, he has moved out of his position, but he should be able to shuffle over at some point now. But I think the critical error was Raman just completely switching off. Um, the middle midfield uh, winger, sorry, gets behind him so easily. He puts in the cross. I mean, a phobie, anyone would score from there. I mean, I find it really hard to believe that anyone would miss from there. I watched it the first time and I thought, what's got on it? Surely there must be an offside or something. But no, it's completely cut us open. We just switched off. Um, is that fatigue? Possibly because for about 15, 20 minutes before, we were just hanging on and Millwall were trying to get through us and we were hanging on somehow. They hit the post during that time. They really should have taken the lead. They had other opportunities as well. But... I'm not sure. I think Raman does this sometime in games, and I've seen it quite a few times, that he will switch off, and sometimes he gets away with it, and sometimes he doesn't. But I do think that we've got to think about switching it up and somehow, and I don't know how we do it. It's a problem. Do you change the formation again on Saturday? Um, but the goal was horrible. It really was. It was just so, so easy. And... It was a basic attack from Millwall. They didn't have to do anything that difficult at all. I think yeah, one of the most frustrating bits as well was at the game, you could see it as soon as it goes out to the right. Um, Alex, I said, I said to you at the time, you know, we're in trouble here, you know, and as soon as it went out to the right, because Moore was so open, he gets around um, Baba so easily and he can just waltz into the box and, the cutback was was there and it was what we didn't do in the first half. We just didn't get one of those cut, cutbacks across. Mill will do. It's an easy tap in from, from you know, three, four yards for a phobie. Um, but it, like you say, it was just far too easy and you could see it happening from, from a mile away. Yeah, you could see it happen. Like you say, as soon as it went out to the right-hand side, Matt, um, you could see it. You knew what was going to happen. You knew it was going to be cut back. And we didn't ever really, it never looked like we were going to be able to defend that chance once it once it went across. And I mean, after the goal, Reading tried to get back into the game, Matt. Um, and they did get a chance um, in the, you know, in the last 20 minutes or so. John Swift's chance, Matt, um, what with it, was it maybe five or six minutes after the goal? Um, yeah. inside the 18-yard box, which he blazes over the bar. Um, I mean, John Swift yesterday, what did you think of his performance overall? It was it was it was okay. It wasn't his worst, it wasn't it wasn't his best. Um again, just it just looked slightly tired. I thought again, I'm I'm coming back to that that point again. I'm gonna sound like a broken record, I think. Um but you know, at, towards the end of the, the Bournemouth game, I thought he looked on his on his knees, you know, towards the, the end of the Bournemouth game. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's a chance he should be scoring. If there's one player you wanted that to fall to, it was Swift, you know. Um, I'm sure you guys, you know, can, can, can like, say your piece on it, but it's... It's one he should be scoring. You know, our fans kind of think that, you know, he is our saviour at times. But, you know, it's it's 
yeah, it has to be going in. Yeah, uh, I think he probably should score that, at least get it on target there. But I think John Swift yesterday had a little bit, if anyone's going to do this, I'm going to do it. And at some points he was doing it a little bit too much and he could have released the ball. I'm not going to criticise John Swift, though, because without his amazing amount of goals this season and assist, we'd be bottom of the league. So I'm not going to start that. But he was trying so hard yesterday. And there's one thing that I don't think you can criticise him for. It was his efforts yesterday, but maybe his decision-making. There was one moment in the second half when he could have played Puskas in and he didn't pass it to him. I don't know whether... You know, it was a pass that's more tricky when you watch it on TV. It's quite easy. But being at the ground, Alex, what did you think? Uh, no, the, there's, a, there's a moment in the second half where, where Swift, he either has to shoot on his left foot or he has to lay Puskas in, one of the two. And he doesn't do either because, like you said, he probably has got it in his mind that he's going to do everything. And he, if anyone's going to save the team, it's going to be him. Um, which is, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating. Um, I can, I can kind of understand it from, from Swift's point of view because he is our best player, and that's what the best player in the team does, right? But it's frustrating because when you get chances, or when you get very few chances in a game like yesterday, you need to at least start to make the opportunities. You can't just rely on John Swift to score every single week, which we were at the start of the season. Uh, it also shows the leadership, though, for me. It does. It may not yeah, work that last is one night, thing. but it might work in the next game. And for me, we've lacked leadership players for the last two or three years. And if he's going to just work his bollocks off every single game, basically, which I think he did last night, we've you got want no reason that. to complain. You want that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't we can't complain too much if Swift wants to. If Swift wants to try and save Reading's season on his own single handedly, I'm definitely not going to be the one to complain about it because there's no other player in the squad who who would be able to do what he's going to be able mm. to do this season. So uh, we probably will be relying on John Swift again coming up this weekend, Paul. Birmingham away. Birmingham away was the last time I saw Reading win away from home. Uh, and I think the last time most Reading fans might have seen us win away from home. I know we've won a couple away this season, but uh, if you weren't there, like myself, at Fulham and Cardiff... Birmingham away was our last win pre-COVID. Paul, will we win this weekend at St Andrews? Let's get Pele back, just for that one game. <laughs> just for that one moment. Him and Matt Miazga, that would be fantastic. Uh, are we going to win? Um, right now, I take a draw, and I feel that's slightly optimistic because we are running on complete empty. Um, I do worry about it. So I'll go 1-0 and not feel that confident about it. Yeah, with Birmingham having won three in a row, I mm. feel like throwing this to Lancy, I don't think he's going to be particularly optimistic and give me a, Reading are going to get three points, Alex, answer. So, um, Matt. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be the downer on the group. I know I'm usually quite optimistic. <laughs> um, unfortunately, actually, well, Birmingham away was the last time I saw Reading play away as well, because yet again, I wasn't at Fulham after doing Huddersfield away and having that atrocity to watch. Um, yeah, I was I missed Fulham and again, I missed Cardiff um, because I was ill. So thank you, illness. And thank you, Huddersfield, for putting me off going to Fulham. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed, I will see a win this weekend, but I, I, I can't. I can't see it, you know, like say Birmingham, three wins on the bounce, three nil win. Was it three nil or three one last night? 
yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't really matter if it's three nil or three one. They're coming off a very good run. Um, and can I see a scoring? Not really. I think it's going to be something like two nil. To be honest, two nil to Birmingham. Super. On that really <laughs> pessimistic note, I'm going positive to wrap it up. note. Yep, I'm going to wrap it up there. And Matt Williamson is going to preview this inevitable loss. Um, now that Matt Williams, uh, now that Matt Lancey's, you know, predicted it. Uh, yeah, Matt Williamson will be back with a preview podcast tomorrow for the Birmingham game this weekend with Jonathan Lowe. Uh, and then this weekend, we will be reviewing the game with Eric and Matt Williamson, joined by one other person. Look forward to listening to that after the weekend. Uh, make sure you listen up. And yeah, speak to you all soon. Cheers.